Hi, this is Jen Springer, Young Living Platinum, and welcome to the Monday Night Call. In case if you have never heard a call with me before, I have been with the company since 2001. And I just remember was not happy in the corporate America thing, if you know what I'm saying. It, I was in my mid-20s, and I just could not imagine getting to 65 doing the corporate, you know, I think I would get to work at 6 or 7 a.m. and get out of work at 3 or 4. So I don't remember what my hours were. had multiple hours since they would shift, but I just couldn't imagine doing that for years and years and years. And I wanted something to come in my life that I would love to do, but I had no idea what that would be. I'm like, what could I do that I would, you know, not get bored or have 30, 40 years later and still love what I do? I had no idea. But luckily one day my veterinarians asked me to go to their home because they wanted to talk to me about becoming a business partner with them. And that is how the whole story started. So (laughs) I was actually approached on the business. Of course, I love the product and it intrigued me. The whole holistic thing was very, very cool. But I was really looking for a way out of that corporate grind. So when there's people that you feel you would like to talk to about the business or you think this might be a good fit, or maybe you don't even know, don't ever judge because you just don't know what that person is looking for and possibly why they would be looking for it. You know, there's so many reasons why we would choose to do a business, whether it is getting out of a corporate environment or paying off extra bills instead of getting another job, getting a, you know, your own business going where you can make a couple hundred bucks a month or thousands of dollars a month. It just depends on where you go with the whole thing, right? Or it could be saving for retirement or saving for kids' college or whatever it is. We all have our reasons. Even some people just want to tell people about the product and give all their money away to charity. That's fine too. But we all have our reasons for doing this as a business. And I know in my experience over the years, I would judge people. And, you know, we all judge people. It's just a fact of, you know, it's just human nature. We judge people. And I would judge whether the business would be good or not for people. And I would think, oh, that person may not, you know, she or he wouldn't be good for this. This isn't the right fit for them or, you know, they wouldn't be interested. You know, they're successful in their business. Why would they want to do this? Right? I was judging them. I would also, I'll be honest, I was, a, I don't want to say a afraid, but I was really hesitant to lead with the business. And my coach, Tom, kicked my butt a million times over, and he has been proven correct. There have been people that we've approached in the business who came in on the business that are building a business. And he's like, if you want the shortcut of going to Diamond or beyond, you lead with the business. And you also talk about the product and you get people on the product because they're not interested in the business. But when you always lead with the business, I mean, sorry, the product, you wind up having a lot of product users, which is amazing, but you may not grow as exponential or as fast as you might want to grow. And I think that's a very valid point. And so what I do now is I do a lot of classes on intro to oils. It's just go through the catalog, teach the class from the catalog, and go from there. But we talk about the business in the class. And it, when people are introduced, we talk about the business at that time. So when I'm telling my story, I tell a story very similar to what I just told all of you a few minutes ago about being, how do you want to say, stuck in corporate, not happy, wondering how I was going to make it till 65. And I usually get into a little more detail and a little more information on that as far as you know, how I really felt and, and stuff like that. And that's how I was able to um, create an environment where people would also be interested in the business right away. And that's proven to be very, very effective. And I don't do it in a pushy, salesy way, at least in my opinion, because that's not what I want to do. I want to offer it to people and have people realize there's a business with this. But I don't want to force people into anything they may not want to be, you know, I, I hear it all the time especially with where I live, there's a lot of MLMs in this area and people get, quote, forced or pressured into doing stuff. And I'm like, hey, I was looking for a business and this is amazing. And I tell my story about how I felt in corporate and then 
how Young Living within six months, I was able to quit my corporate job and do Young Living full time. And I don't feel like it works. You know, I love what I do, and I love sharing Young Living product and helping people that are looking to get into a, a different financial situation. And so I go into that testimonial, and it's it's very, very fluid and very easy for me. And so that's how I share the business as well as the product and not be, quote, weird, if you know what I'm saying. So anyways, let's talk about the specials. So for this month, we've got a 190 PV reward for the five mil of marjoram, and if you're on essential rewards, you also get a balsam fir, which I love balsam fir. It's one of my ultimate favorites. And so when you have a 250 reward, you get marjoram. You also get a $20 enrollment coupon, but you get that five mil of balsam fir as well if you're on essential rewards. If you're not on essential rewards, you don't get that. And so for the 300 PV, you get the marjoram, the $20 enrollment coupon, you also get Ortho Ease Massage Oil, which is awesome, especially if you do any athletics or this will be springtime here happening. Some of us had some early spring this last weekend. You're going to be out doing stuff. You're going to get sore. Your muscles may need some help. Ortho Ease is the rescue, okay? And then if you're on Essential Rewards, you also get the Balsam Fur. So that's the specials for this month. They're amazing. They're such good ones. I just love that. So tonight is a weekly Monday night call. I don't know, 45 minutes, top of the hour. We'll see where we finish off. If you're new to the call and you want to hear previous recordings, check out OurSimpleTraining.com, and that is where you can listen to all the previous recordings and be able to see all the guests that we've had. Well, you can see their picture, but you can then listen to them. (laughs) So that is where you can also get on the email list and be notified of what's coming up, who's coming on, and then some other good stuff that I put in the email. So tonight's guest we have on, John Ayo, and I'm very excited because he's kind of like me. You know, he's in this holistic natural health field, right? But he's got a bachelor, I mean, a bachelor's in engineering, correct, John? Yes, that's right. Yes, and he also has an MBA. So he's He's like this left-brain guy, you know, with all this information. He's done classes for the last eight years traveling for IBM. He's a trainer, a contracted trainer for IBM. And he is also a naturopath. So it's like here's the left brain, and the the naturopath stuff is also left brain, but he's really, really passionate even about energy medicine as well, including all the other natural medicine stuff, which that takes some right brain stuff to, to grasp that. So it's a balance. He's been practicing natural medicine for about seven years. Um, last year, he got a little more serious. He does it part-time, but he's got an incredible, vast knowledge about natural medicine. Like I say, he does energy, frequency work. He's got some technologies for biofeedback, very aware of you know energies in the environment like EMFs, nutrition, and, of course, essential oils that goes along with that. And I know you got put on this journey, what, about 15 years ago with your own health stuff? Right, yeah, I was got you know a sales rep in IBM and doing well, and uh, just got sick and started running into all these problems and uh, went to the medical route, and unfortunately, they couldn't uh, solve it, right? And it was really challenging, as you know. And so I started doing my own uh, engineering problem solving and just got fascinated with the world of natural health. And that's what set you on this road. What was the first, I guess you'd say, first things that you tried that you say, wow, this stuff is like, Hmm, this might be there might be something to this natural medicine thing. <laughs> the first you know thing what I, I mean? tried was actually homeopathy, and you know these little bitty little sugar pellets. How can those things really do anything? And I took some of those things, and boy, I found myself in bed for like a day because I took too many. <laughs> oh my gosh! And they are very very powerful, and uh, especially if you get the right match, because that's the original energy medicine. It's homeopathic. Well, that's really what's so fun. funny about homeopathy. Being a really left brain person. It's just like, okay, you mean to tell me that the energy of that thing that's supposed to be what this is is in here? You know, like at first it's like, are you kidding me? And then you have an experience like that, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep, something's going on, whatever it is, right? And, they're, you know, they're, they're really used pretty heavily in Europe. I was in Germany last year, and they have homeopathic shops, um, which is interesting because that's where it started was in Germany. And, uh, those Germans are so smart. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they are. They're so smart. So, and you got kicked off in Young Living about eight or nine years ago. How did that happen? You know, because you were doing homeopathy and you would, about that, did you start your naturopathic doctor um, program before or after Young Living? Um, I think I started before. I was down the path and studying nutrition and going through all the different pieces. And then a friend said, oh, you need to go meet this this natural healer that lives in Keller, Texas. Okay, well, I don't even know where that is, but let me go meet with her. And I did, and so she introduced me to a bunch of cool energy devices, and then she said, oh, and you really need to have these oils. And I'm like, okay, what are these oils? So she pulls out her big you know, case that has all the oils in it. I'm like, whoa, how do you know what to do with all those bottles? Right. Uh, yeah, so it was a little overwhelming, but they smell good, and then she told me some stories, and I started trying them, and like all of us, you just kind of get hooked on that. Those little bottles talk to you. It's just crazy. You know, you look at them all, and you're like, wow, there's, there's, you know, they remind me of shiny jewelry. And I'm maybe it's not the same for you, John, being a guy. I don't know what trips your trigger, but when I see shiny things, I just right. go crazy. And that's what the oils are like for me. I, I look at those oil bottles, and they just captivated me, and I had to know what they were. Right. And what is this stuff all about? And then you start learning about it, and you realize, you know, this is one of the original medicines from way, way, way back. Well, you know, I don't know about you, and, and when we were talking, I think you are very similar, because I first, I bought the desk reference before I bought any oils, and I researched and read that book, and it was the purple one, like forever and ever ago, and I read that book first. And I remember putting together my first order, and and I remember reading that book and looking at the research abstracts going, how come people don't know about this? If this stuff is true about what these oils can do, how come people don't know about this? Right, exactly. Well, you got the purple book. That's the one that's worth like $1,000 now, right? (laughs) I've got two copies of it, too. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, if I'm with you, you know, being an engineer, I'm reading this book, you know, highlighting things, going, oh, man, I need this one. Oh, wow, I really need this one. And then you go through and you end up with, you know, I need a list of these 50. Yes. It is fascinating. (laughs) And right, how come people don't know this stuff? And, yeah, I do do several presentations around, and, you know, I have a slide that talks about some of the history of where we came from in this country. And one of the books I loved the most in my um, doctorate program was called When Healing Becomes a Crime. (gasps) Me too. Oh, my gosh. And so you read about Harry Hoxie, who was here in Dallas. Yes. And, you know, the answer, the short answer, of course, is money. And um, Mm -hmm. when you read about the beginnings, that book talks about the beginnings of the American Medical Association and the the fight that was going on with the medical doctors and their association and the advertising dollars, and then they're going after this guy that said he could cure cancer and actually did. And, oh, it's fascinating. It reads like a soap opera, doesn't it? Oh, I'm going to admit this. I actually, I, I've been I've been caught and known to be punching that book. Like I was reading it, I'd be punching the pages because I was so angry with some of the stuff that happened in there. Anger, anger, anger management needed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, get your release out. That's right. <laughs> well, did you know? Since you talked about that book, did you know we have his herbal blood cleansing formula? I don't think I saw that. No. Young Living has the formula. It does not say that in you've got to put it together. But I remember reading the book going, I, you know, he's got, remember, he had the salve, and then mm-hmm. he'd give people the, or the tincture, right? Right. The tincture, we have that tincture. Hmm. It's called Rehemogen. Ah, I did not know Except that. Except Gary added in um, the apricot seed. It's the same formula as Harry Hoxie's formula, except Gary added in just a couple things. Wow. Just yeah. so you know, I do not, I want everybody to buy a bottle of that because we don't ever want that to go away. Because that is a true gem. If you read that book, you'll know why. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I, I did, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because then I got to tell you that. Now you know you can now get. Go stock up on Rehemogen. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the way things go these days, you better buy it now because you just never know what the way things are. No. Ready. No, you just don't know. It's just, it's true. So that's funny you brought that up because, like I said, that book evokes quite a bit of passion. And there's also a bit, a movie. I've never watched the movie because I figured I, I had so much emotional, you know, stuff come up with the, the book. 
but there's you can find the movie online and watch the movie that was made about Harry Hoxie. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if it's on what video, but if you search when healing becomes a crime movie, you should be able to find it or people that are listening, you guys can find it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, it was an independent film. I don't know who made it, but it is out there. Very, very, very interesting. So you got into the oils and thinking, holy cow, this stuff is like, you know, we need to learn more and fascinated. And yeah, like you, you said before, when we talked, you said, the more we learn, the less we realize we know, exactly. you know, and, and you, you get humbled, like, oh, my gosh, there's just so much to know. <laughs> it is. So yeah, you, you start this thing off with, you know, I'm going to learn about oils. Well, you know, maybe I'll just spend this weekend, maybe next weekend, too, right? And then you get into it, and you go, oh, my God, this is like a whole lifetime of research required to really understand how things are working. You know, of course, you can do a lot with just a little bit of information, you can do a lot with just lavender, right? But, well, um, and that's that's true. And the thing is, is that people I've heard it over and over where people say, "I'm gonna I need to learn more about the oils before I do a business," mm-hmm. and that you'll never know enough. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, and then you're going to be less likely to do a business. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I, you know, anyways, the the desk references or any reference book is your best friend. Just open the book, show it to somebody, and say, "Here, you read it." I'll tell you what I've used. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. It's cool. So you've written your own book, and you have this um, – I've, I've seen it, and I've read it, and it's just like really – I love the way you lay out things. It's very frank, very clear, very easy on the eyes. Like you said, it's a conversational written in that manner. It's called Travel Balance, and the you've got a young living – version of that where you've got what it takes for people to travel, stay healthy, stress-free, love, you know, going around the world, whether it's for business or for pleasure or whatever, and still not not get worn down. Because I know I used to travel a lot. I mean, everywhere around the world. And I got really burned out from it. So do you want to share why did you even write that book? Well, yeah, I've had you know several friends similar to what you're commenting is, boy, how do you do this and how do you stay healthy? It's so hard to travel, and and for the first 20 years of my career in IBM, I used to travel domestically, pretty much all over the U.S., and didn't really do much international. And then I started this new job teaching um, our sales class internationally for the last eight years, and so traveling all over, it's exhausting. And it's really, really hard on your body, and yes. the security systems are not making it easier. It makes it more difficult. And so I had people just ask me, what do you do when you travel? So you know, rather than just tell people things or you know, write down a note here or there, I thought, well, you know what, let me just document this. And, and so I wrote it as a, as a conversational kind of tutorial to say, you know, here are the things that I do and some things you might consider. And I wrote it chronologically from you know, the beginning of your trip to when until you get back. Yes, and I, I just love it. It's really, really, really good. Now, when you say when you travel, what are two oils that you absolutely never leave at home? Well, the two you definitely don't want to be without are thieves and digize. Those yes. have saved me many, many times. <laughs> How so? Well, I've been, you know, like when you get on day two of a two-week trip and you're in China and you start getting a sore throat and you like start feeling like, oh, I think I'm coming down with the flu or something. What did I pick up on the airplane? And you can do thieves and thieves spray and wake up the next morning feeling okay. That's a huge lifesaver, right? And then the other one, of course, is when you go out to eat, you come back and you're like, uh-oh, you know, I'm feeling good. And a lot of times I'll just bring my digest to dinner with me and, you know, just kind of go around the table. All you got to do is make sure you have a little glass with a little water in it and you just put a drop or two in there and, boy, that stuff is magic. You know, I'll just tell a quick story. Two, I got two interesting quick stories on the oils with food. One is I have a friend who her and her husband went out to dinner, and she didn't do digest, but she did the longevity capsules. So this is, you know, pretty much very similar situation. She took her longevity before the meal. He did not. He got food poisoning. She did not. Mm. And she ate the same food as he ate. Right there is like holy smokes, and 
the other, um, when we were in Ecuador in 2006, I think it was, we all came down with some mysterious GI thing. We'll put it that way. And boy, I tell you, if we did not have diet dyes, we would have been in serious, serious trouble. And because our, you know, you're in Ecuador, like I'd be more afraid to go in the hospital there than anywhere. Right. And things were coming out our mouth and the backside as fast. Like, I mean, literally you couldn't even take a capsule. So what we did is we put the oils in the water, you know, five, 10 drops, drank it down. And I know this is a lot of information, but it would come back up. But at least we would figure by putting it in the water, some of it would get absorbed. You know, we just kept doing that and doing that and doing that. And within 10 hours we had that stopped. Yeah. It was amazing. And you think, goodness i would say bring two bottles of each with you <laughs> so because you never know like that's how true. what's going to happen oh that's true and in certain places you know you have to, a big part of the whole travel balance in the book and what i do when i travel is you have to plan ahead right so when i go to mexico i have these mexico capsules that i make that have a mexico capsules huh? what's that I just said Mexico capsules. Mexico capsules, yeah. So it's kind of my own preventive blend, and it came from my good friend here um, in Dallas, Danette Goodyear, who many of you know is a diamond in Young Living, and she's one of my uh, my favorite teachers. And she actually wrote the foreword to this book. And so when I was working with her, I was, you know, she was working with me as a, a client because you know we naturopaths love to work on each other. And so I told her I was going to Mexico, and she goes, "Oh, you need to take this special blend." So I'm like, "Okay." So I'm sitting in the kitchen mixing up. I don't know, a dozen capsules or more so that I have enough to take twice a day preventively. And, you know, I've been there, I don't know, maybe four or five times now, and thank God I've never had any digestive issues at all. Is that that recipe in your book? It is. Oh. Mexico (laughs) capsules from Danette. Yes, and so it's really powerful. I mean, the whole point of all of this, and it's not just for the trip, right? So the, the book... I wrote is certainly to help you when you travel, getting on an airplane or going somewhere, but it's about the journey, right? And the journey is not just getting on a a plane and going somewhere, it's your life. And so a lot of the things that are in this book are not just things you would do when you travel, but also at home. So, you know, sleeping arrangements and how to set up for that and how do you prevent when you're getting sick at home and you're, you know, beginnings of a flu, what do I do to knock that thing out? So prevention, as you know, is just foundational to natural health. Once things set in and you've been sick for two or three days, once that virus or bacteria or whatever gets set in, it's pretty difficult to do something other than let it run its course. But there's so much we can do at the beginning if you catch it really early and nail it with some of these products. So why, how and why could this book help even somebody who is building a business? How could they use this as a tool or what are your thoughts with that? Well, um, most of us know either travel or know someone that does travel, so it's a great way to kind of get your foot in the door to say, hey, if you travel or your husband or your wife travels or whatever, um, you know, here's a book. You can give it to them or you can buy it for them or have them buy it or whatever, and it's going to help them to start using the Young Living products, not just the oils, but you know, some of the enzymes uh, and some of the other um, uh, so the powders that we have for the drinks. You can have a nice healthy meal on the go or the bars. Just start using the products just to help you with your trip. And then people start asking questions about, well, wait a minute, can I do this while I'm at home too? Well, of course. And then there's so much more. The trick with travel balance is that you've got to, you don't want to take everything you own on the plane, and they don't want you to either. So you've got to just limit your, uh, your inventory down to what is the, the bare minimum that I can take with me and be covered for the majority of things that might happen. Right, exactly. So let's... Let's talk a little bit about, you know, what's in these chapters so that people have an idea because it's really good. And I, I think that everybody needs a copy of this because we get, I, I don't I don't know, we already talked about this. You get overwhelmed and you we've got all these amazing products, but what do you take? What do you leave home? What is going to cover the most, you know, uh, when you're in a third world country, what is going to cover your butt, you know, if mm-hmm. something happens? You know, you can't bring the entire aroma complete, well, you could, but that would be, you know, it would be crazy. So and we're limited in what we can travel with. And if, even if you checked it, it would be like, oh, I don't know if I would check that. You know, exactly. Well, you see it again. <laughs> 
Yeah, would you see it again? Maybe not. Here's these right. strange, you know, smelly liquids that, you know, I, and it's just crazy. So, you know, what, when in your first chapter, you talk about what to bring. Right. You know, what, what are some of the, the top things to bring, and how do you even get organized enough to do that? Well, one of the things I put in there is I put a copy of my checklist that I use in the back of the book, so it has kind of the details, and, and you can actually download off my website. Um, because it's important to have it. It's so much easier to have a checklist when you travel. Because the for me, I spend the majority of my time packing the just in case stuff, which becomes critical if you need it. It's kind of a pain to do, but so important. So you just have a checklist of all the items that you need. So this first chapter is about what do I need to get ahead of time. So if I need digize and I'm leaving for a trip tomorrow, I don't want to look in the pantry and see that I've got three drops left. Right. So <laughs> it's a little bit of planning ahead to say, you know what, use those essential reward points and and get your you know, order in a week or two before you go. So what kind of things do I need to have? Do I need balance complete? Do I need to get some uh, Wolfberry Crisp bars or some you know, Ninja Red packets? Or what kinds of things do I need to plan ahead because it's going to take time to get them? Or just go to the store and get oatmeal packets and, and food because, um, unfortunately, in, uh, on the airplanes and in some hotels and places, you kind of need to have your own food just in case because you never know what you're going to run into. No, and I, we're, I, some of you guys may know and some of you may not know, but Gary Young created Power Meal basically to sustain on when he was in those places he goes to, <laughs> yeah. which are sometimes very questionable. And that's why he he created Power Meal was for it's literally a meal that you could live off of for a period of time when you're traveling if no other food was available. And that's that's great to have because, again, you don't know. It's like in some places, you know, often when I fly back home, I fly at 6 in the morning. I have to leave the hotel at 4 in the morning. There's no place to get food. And so if you just have hot water, just have a little uh, one of those little hot water kettles in your room, you can take your bottled water, put it in there. And if you have your packet of oatmeal, you just throw that in or you get your balance complete or, as you said, power meal, make a shake, and boom. You know what would be good, too, is to spike it up with a little oil. Like, either put a little drop of, you know, orange or lemon in there or something like that. That would be even cinnamon. If you traveled with cinnamon, it would be just delicious so that you could have a really, really good and health-promoting. <laughs> I wouldn't put digest in the oatmeal. That would be pretty nasty. <laughs> did yeah. you ever taste the old power meal? Re, re, did you come in at that time? I don't know. It was probably the first one I had was maybe 2005. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting taste, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least, right? That's, that's, it was like, oh, I can't even describe. It tasted like sawdust, you know, and, and it's gone through like two other little tweaks in flavor and formula. And thank goodness, Jerry. Thank goodness. That's all Mm -hmm. we have to say. Well, but, you know, as you know, going through your own health journey, I got to the point where if I'd go to a doctor and they'd say, well, this doesn't taste good, I'm like, just tell me how much to take. I'll, if it's dirt, I'll eat it. If it's going to help me feel better, because you get to that point. So I can I can tolerate all kinds of things. But, yeah, that was definitely an interesting one. <laughs> oh, well, there was a product we used to have that I wish would come back. It's called, it was called Aminotech. And did you ever get Aminotech? I did not. Oh, it was fantastic. It was really expensive. It was like $100. Whoa. But aminos are expensive. Like good aminos are a lot of money, and people right. don't realize that when they go to GNC and see some junk there. But this product was absolutely fantastic, and that was that tasted really special, let me tell you that. But it um, – it was it was great, but that one kind of went to the wayside because nobody was buying it because nobody knew what it really did, and it was a hundred bucks can. So there you go, that's what happened. Well, that's the tricky part. You know, and even if it's not a hundred bucks, a lot of times you know that comes up around uh, you know some of the young living world is you know God, it's so expensive, but you know you get what you pay for is what you realize. Yeah, you can go to GNC and you can get something, and you can go to Whole Foods and buy oils, and man, look how cheap it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. And yes. <laughs> when you're in, in uh, like going out to eat in China, are you yeah. going to use that blend? You know, <laughs> get any <Right>. results? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you only need to be sick once to realize you want the good stuff, and you don't have a chance. You may not have a chance to get it with the second one, so you better make sure you have the good stuff. 
Yes, absolutely. So what do you advise people to take actually on the plane with them? Well, I'll tell you, one of the things you better figure out how to get on that plane is water because that's the thing you need more than anything else when you're flying because you get so dehydrated at those high altitudes, especially if you're on a, you know, 5, 6, 15-hour flight, whatever it is. And it's hard, you know. I've been on in airports where you go through and, you know, you can't bring your water, of course. So you go through security, then you go buy your water. And then I've gotten on planes where right before you get on the plane, they have a checkpoint and they take your water away. Uh. Like, I just bought this. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, if they even understand you because it may not be in English. But, they, um, yeah, then you get on the plane and then you're at the mercy of the flight attendants and you got to be careful. Um, to make sure you're getting the good bottled water from the flight attendants because sometimes that may not be the case. But things you want to bring with you, I mean, if you can, if it's especially domestic flight, you want to bring, um, you know, some food with you, bring some bars. I, I always have bars in my bag just in case. But then if you're on a, you know, fairly short flight or whatever, you can bring cut-up fruit and bring things from home or, of course, granola, go to the store and do some shopping and just prep ahead. But, you know, the airplane food is um, is risky, Yes, it, it, it first, yeah. <laughs> Anybody who's looked at one of those, it looks like uh, it just reminds me of one of those um, TV dinners from like the 1970s. That's, right. that's what those things remind me of. They're just like, yep. oh my goodness, not fit for human consumption. It's sometimes it's hard, you know. If you're in business class now, that's a little different story. But we don't get there very often. <laughs> but sometimes those are pretty good. So when people are at the airport, we'll we'll go into the next. We'll move to the next because we've gone from, you know, getting ready, the checklist, and, you know, what to bring on the plane. So when you're at the airport, do you have any tips for, you know, staying active and getting through security? So, the, you know, the first thing that I recommend, especially if you travel a bunch, is to opt out of security. And a lot of people don't realize that you can do that, and it's not really a big deal. You may get an eye roll, but they're, they're usually pretty nice about it. So you just go through the line. When you get to the front, I just say opt out. And then they opt out, you know, and then they call for a guy if you're a guy or a woman if you're a female, and and then they just kind of patch you down. It takes a little bit longer, but it's usually not a big deal. Um, if you have the TSA pre-check thing and you can go through that scanner that's kind of like the old ones, then that's yes. not as bad. But those ones, those backscatter ones where you have to stand there with your hands above your head. That um, is freaky. Well, they tell you it's, oh, it's all safe, it's no big deal. And I'm like, you know, it may very well be safe, but... I don't know that we know enough to know that, and I'm not willing to risk it if I'm flying, you know, seven, eight times a year. So that's, you know, first step is, you know, avoid that radiation that you're getting. We don't need x-rays every time we get on the plane. And No, we don't. We like, don't. I know they say I'm – I'm mumbling. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it's so it's tough, but, I mean, again, a lot of people don't realize it's just not a big deal to do that. You know, a lot of people, hey, I don't want people staring at me. Well – you know, I'd rather them stare at me than have all that radiation from the thing. So I just kind of walk around it. And then, you know, for a lot of people, when they ask about the oils, you can just put them through. I put some um, hematite as a special stone that we use, and I put some hematite in a Ziploc bag with my oils, the ones I'm bringing mm -hmm. on the plane with me. And that helps protect from that because they're going through that. you got to put them through the scanner. And that's the trouble. That's the other downside of, you know, bringing your whole kit with you is there is that risk when you're taking your kit that they're going to somehow muck with the oils and radiate those things, and they're not going to be as effective. So that's why you don't want to bring everything you own with you, um, and you're going to do your best to protect the oils that you do bring with you. I uh, haven't had any issues um, so far. I did run into, um, last fall I went to Columbia, and I was sitting at the little carousel, baggage carousel, waiting for my bag, here comes the police officer with the police dog, and they're walking around, and sure enough, this dog comes over to me, and, man, he's sniffing up my bag, and the guy's like, okay, man. Of course, we know, I speak a little bit of Spanish, but anyway, what we figured out was that uh, the dog found my bag of essential oils, and so <laughs> pulled him out, and he looked at him and just smiled and waved, and off he went. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but the dog well, found him right away. Well, the oils, and all of us know, animals love the oils, and yes. I, yeah, yes, definitely. And it, sometimes they even will act like it's a drug. You know, they do their little thing that they do, and it's like, you know, you got to bring it out and be like, oh, no, here's, you know. Luckily, oils have become popular enough now that they can see them and, that, and understand that they're not dangerous or weird, but, boy, flying 10 years ago was a little challenging. Yeah, exactly. 
it is. So, so what yeah, about, you were asking yeah. about the at the airport. Yeah, I mean, part of travel balance and, and the concepts that I bring into this book are, re, I'm going to call it realism because I, I, you know, I love to do exercise when I'm at home. I do yoga, I do Zumba, I do Aikido, um, and when you travel, it's tough. And so, rather than stretch yourself out and go, okay, I'm going to bring all my stuff. I'm going to get up at four in the morning and go to the gym, and then I'm going to get back at eight and go work out again. And it's just hard to do. So. If you can do it, that's great, but I just kind of advocate picking up your exercise where you can, and a great place is the airport because it's so big, and there's lots well, of people there. Yeah, what do you do? Do you walk, or do you, what do you yeah, stretch? Exactly. Or? So I got, you got my, ba- you know, my bag, and usually I have a backpack, so I got some extra weight on, and I just walk from one end of the terminal to the other end of the terminal and back and forth, and people watch. I get my water. I'm drinking water, and I'm getting uh, my pre, pre-trip exercise going. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so, and going with exercise, you know, we keep going through your your book here, chapter three. One thing you talk about is being on the plane and sleeping. You know, we got exercise. You got your water. You're hydrated. When you got a longer flight, how do you handle sleeping? Because that's tricky when you're on on a plane. It is definitely tricky, unless you're uh, somebody that's you know taking Ambien. Um, and when I have people go, oh, yeah, that's easy. I'll just take Ambien. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and you're crazy. sleepwalking, and then <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you can not, you know, I'm not here to say it's a bad thing, but you know, you better be careful and not do it very often. And there, there are more natural ways that kind of work with the body to help with that. But the first part about it, I think, is that um, people think they have to sleep on the plane, or I'm going to be exhausted on the other end. I am notoriously not a good sleeper on the airplane, and so I just kind of go into what's what I call suspended animation. So I just. I set up my environment as peaceful as I can with noise-canceling headphones and a bunch of other things that I list. And, of course, peace and calming, lavender, the oils that you're smelling that are putting you in a relaxed state. Take a couple of sleep essence pills, you know, which are the, um, the, they have some oils in there along with melatonin um, that can really just kind of help put you in a nice, calm spot. Close your eyes. Listen to some peaceful music. If you, if you sleep, great. If you don't, you got to at least close your eyes. That's the, the trick, though is that you can't sit on the plane and watch, uh, you know, 15 movies just because they're there. Um, otherwise, because <laughs> you're stimulating your brain. So you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to at least rest. And you can, you can do enough to get you by until you get off the plane. That's a good point. And do you have anything to help? Well, I guess I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll talk about that later. Because you talk about um, resetting your body so that when you travel through time zones, but that's, in later chapters. Well, it actually it? starts it starts on the airplane actually. Um so if I'm like next month I'm flying to Japan, which is about twelve hour difference. So when I get on the plane here at eleven o'clock in the morning, the first thing I do when I get on that plane is I just completely reset my brain to it's eleven PM and I just never look back. You know, a lot of people go, Wow, it's it's eight o'clock back home you're, you're messing with your head when you do that. So you, I get on the plane. I set myself at 11 p.m. You and I talked about EFT earlier. I do some EFT kinds of things, emotional freedom technique tapping, to just tap into my body and say it's 11 o'clock. So you just kind of you can just say it to yourself over and over again. It's 11 p.m. It's 11 p.m. And you just start setting your body clock to your destination as soon as you get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a big deal because jet lag is – not fun. I know you also use a homeopathic that you recommend for jet lag that works do. really well. There's a really good one called No Jet Lag from out of New Zealand. And um, yeah, I've been using that for a while. It's a it's little sugar pills, things. Oh, does this really do anything? Ah, you know what? It's helped me, so I take it every time I travel. And you just you put them in your mouth and chew them up every two hours on your flight, and they help with um, you know body symptoms around jet lag. And so I do a combination of things. And so I don't know if I could rank which ones do the most, but um, I do them all, and for me at least, they tend to be pretty powerful. So that is, I think that was chapter chapter four that we just talked about. <laughs> and you also talk about in that chapter that your flight routine for bedtime. Is that with the winding down and the melatonin and all that you were talking yeah, about? Exactly, and now you're in your hotel room, so you can um, get your diffuser out if you brought one, or you can get your yeah. alcohol out and stick it in the air vent and get some nice smells going in the room. Um, and then just kind of set, again, it's setting the, the environment and the tone and the energy in that hotel room so you can sleep. So watching the uh, the R-rated 
super drama adventure movie right before you go to bed might not be your best idea. Uh, you kind of have to wind down. And th- in fact, I go most of my trips. I'm gone for like nine or ten days, and uh, on most of them, I never turn the TV on. And that's not because the worst, most germy thing in that room is the uh, remote for the TV. <laughs> not to mention that, but I, I just don't. I mean, I usually I'll read or do something else. Like a. Because we don't, you know, there's, um, even though you're traveling, and it doesn't feel like this, but it's a, there's a lot of stress that's put on your body when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. And whether, you know, think about just flying. You know, you're up in the air 30,000 feet in a pressurized, you know, tube. It, that alone, I don't even want to know what a live blood cell analysis would look like if somebody was exactly. there with a, microscope on the other end of the destination and took your blood right when you get off a plane. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I wonder what that would look like, you know? Like, and now oh. we have Wi-Fi. We had Wi-Fi into the middle, too, bouncing around. That's true. You know, there's <laughs> advantages to disadvantages. Do you wear any personal EMF protection on your body? I do. I have a necklace that I wear that protects um, and keeps the EMF fields kind of away. And then I also have a, a device on my phone that uh, protects your body when you have the phone in your pocket. Mm, very nice. That yeah. I've got a, I got some off. Uh, what is it? I got a Q link on my phone, mm-hmm. and I ha- I had a Q link that I wore, but I lost it. Somebody stole it out of one of my hotel rooms. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? Obviously, mm-hmm. somebody needed it more than me. <laughs> right. Well, but you know, surprisingly, the oils are pretty powerful when it comes to that kind of protection as well. So just having your oils with you and around you can help. Um, it's not the best. Are like there, you said, it's very stressful on the body to be at high altitudes. I mean, you're close to the sun. And um, yes, yeah, so I talk about a lot of different things in the book about how to how do you minimize that impact on your body? Because if again, if you're traveling a couple times a month, that's that's a lot of radiation. What oils are your – I actually came up with an EMF blend, and I'm going to see if I can find it. But what are your favorites for that type of protection that well, you know I in do. your – I'm a big White Angelica fan, and, and I, don't, I don't have the research on the EMS on the oil, so I'll be interested to see what you find. I use um, White Angelica and Valor are probably two of the most important for me. Um, and the ones I use the most when I'm on the plane. Just okay, where is – I made an, a blend. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm trying to find where I put it. You know, when you've got a computer that you've transferred your files for right. 15 years, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to find where you put things. Yes. And I'm trying to find that. I know it had, uh, and I actually found research that went into this. Mm-hmm. It was, Spikenard and Melaleuca alternifolia rose oil for the frequency. Mm-hmm. But there's actually EMF research out there on Spikenard mm. and Melaleuca alternifolia, which we know there's research out there that shows Melaleuca alternifolia and radiation. And there was a third, it was a stinky blend. Uh, you know what, guys? I don't remember. It might have been, might have been valerian. There was a third oil. I can't remember what it was, okay. but I could while we chat. Maybe I could see if okay. I can keep finding it. But I know it was rose, melica alternifolia, and it was spikenard. But there was one more oil, but I can't remember what it is. So I'm going to try to find it. Okay. While we keep chatting. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to multitask a little bit here. Fine so if I feel a little spaced out for a minute, that's what it is. I'm always spaced out a little bit. but So that is uh, really important, though, because when we're going through those airports, there's a lot of radiation, and we don't realize that. I mean, right. is there – I heard a statistic once that was like, it was equivalent to getting how many x-rays going through an airport. Do you remember? I don't. No, but, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's not gotten any better, that's for sure, because now that they have these, these backscatter things, um, yeah, it's just – and, you know, now we have that – you know, you go to the grocery stores, and, you know, so many places now we're constantly bombarded with x-rays when you're driving your car into the Toltec scanners. Um, it's all over. 
Okay, I found it. It's aha. Spikenard, Melaleuca alternifolia, Melaleuca quinquinivaria, and rose. That's the blend that I made. And those Melaleucas have research on them, and so does spikenard. But rose I put in there because of the high frequency. Sure. And not a lot, just, you know, maybe a couple drops. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I just figured I'd butt in. <laughs> That's good. But with that, it's not the most attractive blend. The rose does help a little bit. (laughs) Right. So when you go to your hotel, I know you do a couple things to rearrange your room. What is it that you do to help with that, you know, comfort and also reduce some EMFs and things like that? Right. So kind of like what we're talking about. Yeah, if you can, first thing you do when you get in there is kind of look at the bed from an energy perspective. And if there's a clock radio right on the nightstand and a telephone, the first thing I always do is unplug the telephone because there's usually several in the room. So unplug the one by the bed, um, move the clock radio as far away as possible, and then sleep on the other side away from it. Move the lamps away from the bed. Um, make sure that, you know, the TV, if you're not using it, just unplug it. And because, you know, all those EMFs while you're trying to sleep, they're going to interfere with, with you. And, you know, sleeping in hotel rooms is... Um, can be challenging and so everything we can do to help with that's going to be good and of course you know getting your diffuser set up and diffusing whatever peace and calming or whatever it is you want to you know get the right smells going is going to be helpful as well absolutely make it feel a little bit like home and your body able to relax and things like that what is there anything special you do about water when you're traveling i know you talked about going in the airport and stuff like that but what about when you're in the hotel or things like that do you have any tricks for that yeah, one of the best things the uh, the water is the toughest thing. It's kind of like when you go out in the in the wild and you got to figure out how to survive for a few days. You got to figure out where you're going to get your water, and that's what I do in the hotel. So when you go to yeah. other countries, um, you have to figure out. You know, first off, not that I'm going to drink the tap water, but if I did, would it be really bad? And so one of the tips that one of my good friends in IBM that travels even more than I do told me is, you know, if you go in the hotel room and they give you free bottles of water, it's usually a good indication that it's not safe. <laughs> To drink mm. water. So they're wow. telling you, kind of hinting at you there. Be careful. Um, so the first thing I do is go on a water hunt, and um, you can just go to the front desk and ask them where's a the local convenience store and go get some. And so I've been, you know, trucking around many cities with uh, several gallons of water that I just carry with me for the week. Um, but usually, your your tip of the day is to go find the health club. Because usually in that exercise room, they have a uh, big bottle of water container, and you can go fill up your bottle that you brought with you. And then you oh, good to, hack. Uh, That's a good hack. It's a good hack. But you got to be careful. Sometimes they frown on you when you walk in there, you know, and you're not in a workout clothes, and you just come and steal our water? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Honestly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, right. So you have to be careful with that. Yeah, that when you're in a, a country that is, uh, like you go to Europe, you go to the UK, fine. You know, when we were in Ecuador, mm-hmm. when you, yeah, you don't even want to leave your hotel to get water. You know, in certain areas, you don't know the country, you don't know right. what's going on around there. And a lot of times people will prey on foreigners. They know that the hotels, people are wandering out. So not to be like a, a, a scaredy cat kind of person, but it's just we had that happen and you don't venture far from your hotel sometimes unless you have, are escorted with somebody who lives in the country. Mm-hmm. It, absolutely. Just go down to the exercise room. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Exactly. <laughs> well, sometimes you go to the front desk and ask them if they give you the free water. A lot of times if you just go downstairs and go, hey, can I get some more bottled water? Oh, yeah, how many do you want? You'd be surprised, yes. you know. Uh, so it doesn't hurt to ask. Very, very good. Now, um, the the next chapter you talk about, eating, what can you eat while traveling? Is there anything that you want to talk about with that um, that would help people when they're out on the road? You know, we're just skimming your, you know, your book so that everybody gets an idea, but there's yeah. so much that is in there that people just need to get the book and read it. But what, any tips on that? Well, I do, uh, I think taking enzymes is going to help you. So essential mm. um is going to be a good thing to take um, pretty much with every meal just to make sure that you have a little extra enzymes trying to eat things that grow, you know, things that are more fruits and vegetable oriented versus the packaged 
you know, goodies that are there. Um, you just have to be careful. And some of the places that are known to be, you know, water issues, that if you're eating salads that have been washed in that water, then you might as well be drinking the water. So you have to be careful to make sure that they're using filtered water to wash those things. And, of course, as we said earlier, you know, preventively take your digis or take your little uh, prevention pill to make sure that you keep your digestive system happy. Yes, enzymes, digize, absolutely incredibly important when you're traveling and eating. There's just no question. I really like your tip with a few drops of digize before every meal. And I've actually been doing that for a couple weeks, just, you know, trying to work on my gut and stuff like that. And it's it's really transformed my digestion. Mm-hmm. And I've got some other people, you know, that I work with that are also doing it. It has changed one gentleman I've been working with. It has changed his life. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, a couple drops, nothing, no big deal. A couple drops before you eat, it is just absolutely amazing, even as a regular, you know, working on your, your gut in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Exactly. Well, and the other the other thing is that I advocate again, and some of my super health friends don't like this, but that's part of travel balance. Is you know, when you're in France, you need to eat the croissants. When you're in Germany, you're you're gonna need to drink their beer. Right. And you you know, you got to go do the experience, the experience. Don't miss out by being so conservative that you sit in your hotel room and just eat salad. You need to get out and experience things. And so there's some risk that goes with it, which is why we talk about the things that we did preventively, but. There's so many cool uh, foods around the world that you would you don't even know about. I mean, when I one of my favorites when I go to Colombia, oh my God, the fruits of Colombia, I, I had no idea these things I've never even heard of before, didn't even know existed. And you go there, and I'm I mean I don't know if you've ever had these, Jen, but um, guanabana or mora, um, maracuja, these are all these fruits. I'm like, man, I've never even heard of these things. Yeah, you know? the banana. Oh my goodness. I love that stuff. Yes. Drinking it every day. I know there's a lot of sugar in it, probably. I try and get it just plain, but man, that's good. <laughs> well, you're so correct. And and when you travel in different countries, most of the time, when especially if, when you're in Europe, I know this is true. The the wheat and the grains are completely different, and people find they don't have a problem over there at all. Exactly. I know. Isn't that amazing? So you can be. And it's re- you know if you really have celiac disease, um, you're probably not going to be testing this. But if you're really gluten sensitive, and you go to Europe, and all of a sudden you eat some bread, and you go, uh oh, and then you go, hey, that didn't bother me at all. Exactly, because it's closer to the einkorn stuff that Gary's growing, right? They're, yes. they're much closer to the original than this dwarf wheat we have here, that has been hybridized so much that our body doesn't know what to do with it. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, I know, I know. But we got to, it's just, that's what we do. We we help teach people about this so they can make these decisions of what they're going to eat. Yeah, so exactly. it's very true. So um, let's see, you've got, you got something to say about not having time to exercise. What's your yeah. deal with that? When people say, I don't have time to exercise, because this is not just applicable to traveling. It's applicable <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> Find places to exercise. There's so many opportunities, as I talked about earlier, you know, walking at the airport, walking up and down the stairs to your hotel room. Normally, as a general policy, I try to check in and use the elevator only to check in and check out with my bag. And then after that, unless it's, you know, I'm on the 40th floor, I'm going to walk up and down the the stairs to get to my room. Um, You know, go find a mall to walk around. Um, I have also, you know, put back in the day when I used to carry all my workout stuff, I would get in the the stairwell and just run up and down 20 flights of stairs. Those usually aren't the nicest places, though, the stairwells and hotels. (laughs) They don't smell good. No. (laughs) It's not good. So I I didn't do that too many times. But the point is that there's opportunities all over the place um, to get the exercise in. And then, of course, when you're doing a trip, you're usually not going to be gone for that long, um, a few days to a week or two. So beef up on your exercise before you go and make up on the back end when you get home. And, you know, Gary, a long time ago, he used to, we used to sell this thing called the travel gym. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. It was basically a big rubber band. Okay. <laughs> but you can buy those athletic rubber bands, and they'd be really easy to put in your suitcase to do a little bit of resistance training. Right. 
Oh, sure. I mean, if there's people that bring portable yoga mats, and you can some hotels you can get them, check them out downstairs, and watch a yoga tape. And there's all kinds of things to do if you really want to do that. All I'm saying is that we freak out so much about the exercise again that we miss out. You know, hey, do you want to go walk around the city? No, no, I've got to go to the gym tonight. Don't miss out on that opportunity to see things because I, I have a good friend that traveled a lot with IBM and. She went to all these great cities all over the, the world, and she just always thought, you know, I'll visit next time I come back. And she'd go and she'd work and back to the airport and didn't see any of the city. And now, you know, she didn't get a chance to go back. Right. And so don't miss those opportunities. Take them while they're there because email will always be there for you. Um, get out and, and go see things and meet people and experience the, uh, the journey because traveling can be such a cool thing. So in Chapter 8, you talk about when you're traveling and some stuff comes up that you don't necessarily even plan for, like allergies or headaches. I mean, you go to a country you've never been to, you might have some allergies, you might not feel well, you might have motion. What are a couple tips that people could really have some good takeaways with that? Well, one of the magic um, allergy formulas in in Young Living Land is um, just combining lavender, lemon, and peppermint, and you can just... Mm -hmm put those in a capsule and swallow them, or you can diffuse them if you have your diffuser with you, um, or just mix them all in your hand, rub them together, and, you know, inhale it. It's just a, it's a way to help. Um, because, again, you can't bring everything for everything. So you try and, you know, bring a limited number of oils and blends and then m- and mix the ones you have. Because, of course, those three are used for so many other different things. Um, so that's a, that's a, a good one. I mean, the, the title of this chapter is really, you know, I don't feel, I don't feel so good. Now what? <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is, oh right. my God, you know. Well, this is why you spend all that time packing up front, so you have your just in case stuff. And again, you know, we know thieves is at the center of this whole thing because it's going to help knock out just about any pathogen that's trying to take hold in your body. But one of the most important things, and here's the the tip of the chapter, is you've got to avoid sugar, dairy, and wheat. Mm, for you, sure. In general, it's not good, but when you're getting sick, if you'll avoid those three things, it will really give your immune system a boost. So one last little thing I want to see before we got this, we're winding down with time, and I want to hit this. People that are anxious when they're traveling, what is your little tips for that? Yeah, I have in the book I talk about there's a, a an energy art that I use called Jinshin Jitsu. So I have a section oh, that yeah. talks about some energy things you can do, just holding your fingers in a certain pattern that can help with reducing anxiety. Uh, and, of course, you have the oils, the peace and calming and the, um, the lavender um, that all help to calm you down as well. And a lot of that goes back to, you know, emotional roots. And, and you, know, you kind of know if you're somebody that's anxious when you're a traveler. And it doesn't just hit at, you know, a certain point in the trip. It could be as soon as you get on the plane. And so I have a lot of things on the upfront part for people that are anxious about getting on the plane because, you know, if you're on a 12-hour flight, for some people it's, it's freaking them out. And that, that's real. And so there's some great things that we can do, and not the least of which is just holding certain fingers in these sequences that help. Yeah, and there's little diagrams you've got in there so people can know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really cool. Well, we pretty much covered the whole book. I mean, I know you've got one about getting back home, but yeah. is there anything that you want to say with that? or? Yeah, sure. So, you know, coming back home, and one of the things, one of the themes throughout this book, and so often as we kind of forget in life, is just the gratitude piece of, you know, as I say, when you get to the hotel room at night, it didn't have to be that way, that you got there safely. So be grateful, be thankful that you, you know, when you get for every flight, when you get back home, be thankful for a great trip and all the experiences and the people that you met. I think that gratitude um, goes a long way in kind of setting the tone, but the key is that especially if you're getting this book for somebody that travels and you're using this to introduce them to Young Living products, um, is to realize that this is just the beginning. Now, let's talk about all the cool things you can do with the Young Living products now that you're home and you don't have to worry about toting things around and getting through security. And so that's it's a great introduction, um, I think, again, to get people into the product families and talk about a whole lot of it. We didn't even talk about Ninja Red, which is no, right. every day, right? And, um, you know, the Bon Voyage Voyage kit that Gary created, which has, you know, got the little samples of a bunch of different things. Uh, So I talk about that in the book as well, the shampoos and all the things in the hotel room. There's there's so many little choices you can make at every turn. But the I'm back home part is just let's make sure that we kind of keep this theme going of natural health because for some, this could be their introduction to a whole new change in lifestyle. 
that started with a trip. Absolutely. And people, this this book is, like I said, it's really cool, everybody. It's really laid out well, and John's got checklists, and it's, it's really organized. You could tell that you have been a professional trainer for a long time because you can give people information in a way they can understand it and use it. And it's really evident when you look at this, how you've done this. But the book is available on krepublishing.com, correct? Yes. So if you just go there and you can just look under the books, you will see it uh, under the book section. And the thing that's important is that this you have a version especially for Young Living. If they, people go to Amazon and they look for this book, they're going to find you just have a general version without all the Young Living stuff in there. Yeah, the general version on Amazon is um, has Young Living plus a couple of other product lines that I use. Um, I couldn't I couldn't travel without my Young Living products, but there's some other products that I use that are not Young Living that are in that other book. And that one on Amazon has both a print and a Kindle version. Uh, the KRE Publishing is the print-only version. But the one, the one we've been talking about tonight, of course, is the one from KRE Publishing. But it has a lot more Young Living oils in it. So Young Living is in both books, but it's got more in this book. Yes, yeah, so people, if you want the version that has all the Young Living stuff in it, do the KREpublishing.com version, and then they'll be able to get everything that they need with that. And I'm looking right now, it's, what, $17.99? People yeah. can get the book and and do either classes from it or share with people and yada, yada. That's perfect. So I look for that book, Travel Balance, A Young Living Essential Oils Guide for Travelers. And you've done a great job, John. I thank you for coming on and sharing with everybody what you've done with this because I'm I'm glad that, you know, we connected because this is just such a great topic and very valuable for people building their businesses. Yes, I appreciate it, Jen. Thanks for having me on, and I'm thrilled to be able to share this with people because uh, there is the, the world is such an amazing place to see, and a lot of people, you know, really are kind of held back because of certain issues and um, um, fears. So I hope this will help people to get out there and go meet new people and, and spread the uh, the word about the oils, right? Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And let me go ahead and open the line so people can say goodnight to you. Okay, hang on a second. Good night, everybody. Good night. 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 Good